Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman. Along with me, as always, is Steve Balsheri, today in the Secret Square, and Derek Havens. In the episode today, yes, we are going to look back at that train wreck in Las Vegas to figure out exactly what we watched. We've seen other teams do it. Now we've watched the Patriots do it. And what does that mean? We're going to talk about that to begin this show. Just a little precursor to what we're talking about within the game, because we'll talk about the game as well. Later on, we'll preview the game against the Bengals. Also want to mention, as always, guys, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts does help Patriots fans find us. We want to grow this audience. So please do subscribe on YouTube, on the PatsFans.com YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that you have. Okay, guys, let's get to it. We're going to talk about the game, but uh, I'm not going to pull any punches, guys. And this is not something that I normally do. Uh, This is not a Russ's rant. This is going to be me just, I've given this a lot of thought what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the game. We're absolutely going to do that. Uh, And this is not a radio topic. This is coming from me. You ready, guys? So I've had a lot of time to think about. We've talked about the triumvirate with the New England Patriots, the quarterback, the owner, and then, of course, the coach. You need all three to win in the NFL. You do. And I'm going to put a little, impose something to you guys. We've talked about this before. I've, been very open and said Bill Belichick should stay as long as he wants to coach. I've said this. I've outrightly said this, but I've also said that you need the triumvirate to win. And the problem with the dynamic that we have right now is that there really is very little accountability. And this goes all the way to the top. They are living on their past. So, Guys, I'm not going to pull any punches. Let's start with the CEO, Robert Kraft. Should he step down as CEO and have the duties go to Robert to Jonathan Kraft? Because, again, he is ultimately responsible to what we're doing. I'm going to start at the top. Before we talk about Belichick, let's start to talk about Robert Kraft and his responsibility to what has happened this season, Derek. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think the problems are with Bill. My 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 issues are with Bill right now. Uh, it's Robert and Jonathan. I think Jonathan's handled more and more responsibilities. Okay. Uh, you know, the last few years, I think this goes back to, you know, four or five years ago, where Jonathan seemingly got more and more involved. Now, I okay. think Robert still ob- obviously is the the guy that's going to sign off on everything. Okay. But to me, it's it, it to me it doesn't need to go all the way up to the craft. But right. I do think <clears throat> to where I know. Where I feel like you're going to ultimately end up taking this conversation yep. is I do think that we've seen so far a lot of uncharacteristically bad things from this team. That's and what I want to talk about. That's why I think that, I mean, and even if really the team ripped off three wins in a row to end the season, which isn't going right. to happen, but we've seen enough this year where Crafts, the Crafts and Bill need to sit down and I think there needs to be some pressure put on Bill. And it, it, it I'm not going to, you, I think you're coming closer to my side of the street, Russ. I've been frustrated for a while now. Okay. 
Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the past. It's what's happened the last few years. Right. I don't think it's been a, I don't think that Bill has put the team in a good position to win and to move forward. And, and so if I'm the crafts, I'm telling Bill like, Hey, you need to make some wholesale changes on X, Y, and Z. We can discuss what those are later. And if he doesn't want to do that, then I think you have to have a very tough conversation about okay. what you want to do. Okay. We're going to talk about Bill in a second. Steve, I know you guys weren't expecting any of this, but I just wanted to really look at the triumvirate because we also, you know, you need the quarterback as well. But if we're going to talk about the coach, which we're going to talk about in just a second, I wanted to start off by talking about Kraft. Now, Kraft is, and again, I'm not an ageist or anything. He's over 80 years old. He's the same age as my mom. They went to high school together. And we don't know what his responsibility is, right? He is the CEO. He is the CEO. It's Jonathan running the Patriots. We don't know. So how much of the responsibility for what is going on down there do you put on Robert Kraft? And should we, like, really even not blame him for this? That's why I'm asking the question. Should he be the CEO at this point? And just, or I, just I own think, the team? I, I, I don't think that's an issue. I mean, we don't okay. know what goes on behind co- closed doors. Him and Bill might have had several meetings and contentious ones at that, you know. But uh, I I don't think, uh, you know, to reiterate what Derek said in uh, uh, one of our listeners, Mike. Yep. I don't think Robert's the problem. I think it's Bill being stubborn and not wanting to – you know, see the forest for the trees in this aspect. Okay. Okay. Fair point. Let's then let's jump to talking about Belichick. And I'm going to ask the question, should Bill Belichick be fired, Steve? Now I'm going to share my thoughts. I want your thoughts as well. You and I have talked a lot about this. I have been one for the longest time that has said can coach as long as he wants. Steve, as we, we just said, if you want to say ultimately responsible, you go to ownership. Beyond that, it goes with Belichick. Everything that's going on right now with the team being very badly coached, Belichick's fault. It's ultimately Belichick's fault. The coaches that he's hired, the plan that he has given the quarterback has been horrific. He is ultimately responsible for the coordinator, for the quarterback's coach, for that coaching staff. It's on him. And Mm -hmm. if this was any other team, we would be having a legitimate conversation about Bill Belichick being fired. And I'm now here to tell you I would fire him. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I would fire him because I think part of the problem that we're having is that they need to bottom out. And Derek, you said this too. They won't bottom out under Belichick. They need to rebuild. And he won't allow that to happen because we're going to be an average football team. So I'm now going all the way in, and I'm saying that Bill Belichick should be fired. I can't believe I'm saying this because I was – I, but I'm doing my Bill Parcells, and I reserve the right to change my mind. Mm. So, Steve, you and I have talked about this. I've not shared my views on this, so I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you hold them responsible for what's going on? You don't have to agree with me that he should be fired, but do you hold them as responsible as I do? Yes, I mean, and Bill said this in the summer. If this fails, it's on me, not mm-hmm. on them. It's, it's on me. And, I mean, he was quite clear about that, and it's true. Um, as I told you offline on Sunday, if I was Robert Kraft after watching that debacle right. in Las Vegas, I would have sat down with Bill on the plane ride home. And said, look, this season's now shot because, you know. It is, Steve. It's gone. Yeah, I mean, mathematically, yeah, they're still in it. But looking at those three games and they can't beat Vegas, who's a terrible team, then you have to say this season's tank. Now, Bill will never admit that, you know. But we all agree that we all agree that Bill – but even Bill has to think. I mean, he's not – he's he's made some bad mistakes the last few years, but – we, we all agree he's not dumb. So you have to think that even in his mind, this is going worse than obviously he planned it. It's not like he oh, planned yeah. for it to go this way. But you got to think in his mind, like, Jesus, like, this is just horrific. Right. Like, the and- special teams is bad. I think defensively, the, I don't I don't agree with some of the things they've done 
the whole season, like dropping Matt Judon on third down, you know, whatever. But I think defensively, that coaching staff's in a better place than special teams and offense. And I thought this last game was a perfect, you know, all-encompassing issue of what's been going on the whole season. I mean, dumb, uncharacter- uncharacteristic, you know, undisciplined. I mean, they're they're less than the sum of their parts. I mean, they're they're literally the polar opposite of everything we praised this team for being for 20 years. This team is the opposite. They, and the only the only thing about this game that's been different from the rest of the season is, is that the offensive line played better than they had pretty much previously. Aside from well. that, it's pretty much been Ramondre Stevenson with the team on his back. Mac Jones was one of his worst games of the year. He looked horrific. Oh. Receivers, receivers oh. were terrible, running terrible routes, dropping passes. You know, it's just the it just comes down to coaching, little details. Like it's just not good enough. It's not a professional operation. And and Bill, to me, this is where Bill, this is where really, you know, it comes down for me. Bill for a long time has let so many people go, so many people go. And this, and the, right now the cupboard is bare. He has not restocked the shelves and he doesn't trust enough people from the outside. So when, when you let six coaches or whatever it was, go to, go to Vegas to the Raiders and you keep Kaylee and you bring in a, you bring in a couple of guys you trust and move them into spots where you think you can, you know, they'll be okay at, well, that's not a good enough. There's not enough. There's no. not enough voices in the room. There's not enough people that, that actually know what they're doing. Like, it's just so obvious the problems that they're having on offense. I mean, it's it's a joke. And it's not just offense, but, I mean, this to me is just Bill. Like, that's what I, we, we're saying, Russ, right now is yep. Robert needs to sit down with Bill at the end of the year and say, we need to make some wholesale changes to this coaching staff. And if okay. Bill doesn't want to do it, then I would fire him. Okay, so you're basically, you would give him the give out him One here. more year if he's willing to make changes. You would give him the out. I'm actually not going to give them the out because I truly believe that they need to blow this sucker up. Oh, they do. And they need to start over. Now, they have actually have a decent foundation with the draft. Okay, they, they do. But the problem that I think is going to continue, Derek, is that we're going to continue to see a mediocre football team. Any other organization, the fans would be saying, fire the coach. We're I the mean, only ones. I said that a couple of weeks ago. We're the only ones that are sticking to it. I can't believe I'm going on the other side of this. I've gone to the dark side. I've become Darth Vader. I can't believe I'm doing this. But I'm that fed up with what I saw after I, we watched the game. I spoke to Steve and it started building with me that I'm like, man, I think this goes beyond this one game. It goes way beyond that. See, and I know that on. Matt. I know that Bill's not going to fire Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. But what I would do if but I see, was that's it, the it, problem. Yeah, it, there is a problem with that, but I think Cam Accord sucks. But I know Joe Judge. I know Joe Judge can coach special teams. So if Bill wants to move Joe Judge to special teams and put Matt Patricia back in whatever role he was in last year, doing behind the scenes crap, and then he actually hires a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator, another offensive line coach, if he wants yep. to do those things, then that's yep. fine. Because I honestly think that. See, the thing is, the problem is, yeah, the talent's not good enough on this team, but. It, it, the talent is better than what the product has been. Oh, and that to me is why so. it comes down to coaching and details and everything else. So I, so I would like, I would love to see, I would love to just actually give Mac Jones a chance and give him, I don't think he's the guy, but I want another year of, I've seen him play better than this. And I want another yeah. year of an actual offensive coordinator, an appropriate offensive line, and maybe an upgrade at receiver to see, okay, is he the guy or not? Because right now what we've seen is basically three years of us all wasting our time and wasting a time after a rebuild. And almost every decision Bill has made has been the wrong one for three years in a row. And that's why his job should be on the line. Right, Derek. And that's what goes back to me talking about the triumvirate. This is not just like a three-hour radio show where we talk about should he be fired. No, I wanted to have a constructive conversation about it because when you look at the triumvirate themselves, if you look at Kraft and you're thinking he's ultimately responsible, he is the CEO. The day-to-day is the CEO. So the buck stops at him, and then right below him is Belichick. Two-thirds are failing that quarterback. They're failing the quarterback. They're not allowing the quarterback to succeed by giving him the proper weapons and coaching to succeed. It actually starts with Kraft and then goes to Belichick because Kraft allows it to happen, Derek. He ultimately gives the power to Belichick. So at some point, do you say, Jonathan, it's time to take over. Maybe you'll have a different way of handling the New England Patriots. 
I'm just, we don't know what the dynamic is. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But I am that upset that I actually came on this show, not telling you guys that I was going to throw these topics because I'm just that angry at watching the Patriots demise. And you guys were, were basically telling me, and then I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm all now all in on this because I want the Patriots to start over and they're not going to under Belichick's regime. They're just not. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna flip. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna flip roles right now. I'm gonna ask you the same question you asked me two yep. weeks ago when I said the same thing to you. I know. Who are you gonna bring in? Who do you want? Give me a name. Give me a name. Give That's a what name. you did to me. Give me a I name. Sean Payton. Yeah, there uh, you go, Steve. Steve. Steve just said a great name, Sean Payton. I'm I would have no problem with that, honestly. But <laughs> and, I, I'm telling you right now, I I don't. Okay, uh, I mean we've gone on for like ten minutes. Can I finish my comment about this? Absolutely, whole thing? Steve. Yeah, that's true. I did jump. I did jump down your throat, Steve. I Go ahead, Steve. Please. I said, I, I lost my train of thought on the <laughs> on the plane ride home. If I'm Robert Kraft, I have a, a talk with Belichick. Right. And here's where my thing comes in. I'd have a talk with him and say, "You have to get over this thing you have about hiring people outside the organization." I understand that you're loyal to the people that you bring in. But right now, you know, the, the Patriots, through 20 years of success, what did they always have? They always had that next man up. They were grooming the next guy up with players. All right. You go back like 20 years. How many times did the Patriots let a guy go, what, what did we say? A year early rather than yep. a year too late. Yep. Yep. Right. They always had that with the players. Same with the coaches. When Romeo Cornell and, and Charlie Weiss were the coordinators, those guys were tremendous. And what did they do? They knew they were going to leave at some point and get head coaching gigs. So they groomed the next guy up. In And Charlie Weiss's case, he groomed Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels turned into an outstanding coordinator. However, when they brought, you know, when they almost lost Josh McDaniels to the Colts, they didn't groom anybody for this. No. No. You know? No, and but, they should have been preparing for that since the moment he got off the plane what you, before he turned around. Absolutely. On, you you know, guys are 100% it, right on that. And that's why they, they didn't groom Josh's replacement. No. I, you know... I think most of us thought it was going to be Nick Cowley, a young guy coming up and, you know, teach him the, the ropes. And if, if he takes over the play calling without the title of offensive coordinator, that's okay. And if they had struggled with Nick Cowley this year, I wouldn't have had that much of a problem with it because he would be learning. He'd be learning. He'd have to get that chemistry with Mac Jones. Same as we talked about in, in the preseason, with the linebacker position, if they go with the young guys and they struggle, that's okay because they're changing things up there. They're trying to get, you know, a, a group of guys in there and the linebackers have turned out just fine this year. I still hear people talking about their, their weak spot on the team. I don't see that a bit, but that's a, another yeah. subject. But yeah. anyway, I would, if I was craft, I would have talked to bill and said, you need to start bringing in, Guys from the outside, they have the smallest coaching staff in the NFL. And, and all of these problems that we're seeing on the field comes, in my opinion, from not having enough coaches because, you know, guys are spread too thin. They don't have people in their ear. And all of a sudden, these mistakes keep happening and happening. I think it's because they're short-staffed and guys are spread too thin. Can I, can I expound on that? Just give you an example. So in this last game, just to tie in with this game, right? Sure. You saw, okay, you saw receivers rounding routes. You saw a couple of receivers in the same spots at the same time. You saw Mac Jones not being in rhythm with his receivers anyway. in terms of his dropbacks. Dan Orvlosky on ESPN talked about this weeks ago. You saw it perfectly in this game. You know, if, you're, if the quarterback's going to take a three-step drop and then throw it, well, the receiver shouldn't be running as deep of a route because it's timing, right? It's like, okay, if it's a three-step drop, then he's not going to run 15 yards down the field. He's going to run like five and then cut, you know, or if it's a seven-step drop, it's a little bit, it's a little bit longer. 
everything is out of rhythm. It's just like, it's just out of balance, out of sync, like Steve said. And the problem is it's like, you're seeing the same problems all year and it's, it's not like they've been, okay, they had a problem and they corrected it. They're not correcting it. And that's the issue. Yeah. And to Steve's point, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's like, look at Buffalo right now. You lose day ball. They have Ken Dorsey right there. Who's behind Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady, the LSU offensive coordinator from a couple of years ago, who was with Joe Burrow, who was with the Panthers for a cup of coffee. And now they have Buffalo kind of grooming him to be a couple guys behind. And the succession plan for these Patriots coaches that left has not been strong enough. Like if I'm, to your point, Steve, and Russ, also yep. to you, you know, I would if I'm craft, I'm saying, why don't you go find like a like a college, uh, you know, head coach who has a really really good offense and bring him in as the OC, you know, if he wants to make a move to the NFL or bring someone, like, look at some of the best offenses in the league, you know, whether it's you know the 49ers, the Rams, I guess not this year, but you know they have a good lineage of coaches, the Philadelphia Eagles, try to find some someone a receiver coach from there who you think you could who could make the move up. Like you have to figure out how to start poaching from other staffs like everyone else did to the Patriots for the last 20 years. Yep. They have and to get they still have to bring it. innovative guys in. Yep. And, and I'll give you another example of a a guy who would make a good offensive coordinator in my opinion. Oh, I know you're going to say. He's about to get fired. Oh, go ahead. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, okay. That one I'm not so sure about, but I could see I could see Bill looking that way, you know, and Bill, you know, as Bill talks highly about him, talks about when he was here and you know, they have a great relationship. But anyway, but back Steve, to my quick, point, Steve, if he quick, dug though, in his heels and said, right. no, we're not doing that, then I would get, you know, Sean Payton on speed dial. Okay. And and that's where you're going, Steve. You want to basically uh, push his hand. You, you want him to force his hand and make right. a decision and do that's something. Right. And if he doesn't, then he's gone. That's so basically, my, that's you're giving him the too. out. You're giving him the out. I understand where you're going on there. Like, listen, you either do this or you're out. Yeah, because it's not working. No, it's not. I, mean, it's not. I was the one that said, give it a chance. Yep. I was saying that since, Me too. since OTAs. Give it a chance. Let's see what happens. Well, if it doesn't get better, then, you know, it's time to move on. Well, we're 14 games in, <laughs> and it, it's actually worse than it was week one. Okay. Okay, good. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad that we started the show on such a hyperbolic topics, <laughs> two of them. But I just, you know, and again, I think we're also very frustrated. We're fans. We want to see them do better. Steve has done a great job of covering the Patriots. Uh, we'll see if we can get to his grades. I'm not sure we'll have enough time because there's more venting to go on. Because I'm but going see, to can I make one final point real quick. Go ahead, Steve. I'm Derek. I'm sorry. Uh, all I would say is, I could accept that they're rebuilding and maybe they lose to the Bills 47 to 20. Like I like okay, you know, it's like yeah, they're rebuilding. They're it's going to take a little while. They're just not talented enough. What I can't stand is how they're losing games this season. They should be two or three games up if yeah. they were coached better. I mean, better coaching puts them puts them in the playoff picture legitimately. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing. I'm just saying they're in they're they're tossing their hat into the ring. They are two or three games worse because of coaching mistakes alone. Yeah. And that to me is where I get frustrated. Okay. Well, that's going to lead us to talk about the actual game. So, let's do it. Steve, you and I were just talking about off air before we started the show. Let's just go. There are probably about five or six different places where we can go on this. Give me one. Where was the game lost? Actually, I'll give you one. Let's talk about the drive when they're on the one-yard line because we could start there. That's where the game was lost. But there are <laughs> others as well. Let's start here. Give me your thoughts when you were watching this debacle. Well, you know, they got the uh, first and goal. They run Ramondre Stevenson. He gets to less than a yard. It's probably yet about a half yard. From the goal line. So I'm thinking, don't mess with it now. Just pound a rock with either Ramondre Stevenson or Kevin Harris. Get the six and move on. Vegas hadn't stopped anybody with a goal-to-goal uh, -goal situation, I think, since last year. And, that, and of course, Mr. Rocket Scientist, Mr. Matt Patricia, 
has been so conservative to the point of being nauseous this season. He decides to get creative and he wants to start flinging the ball all over the place down there on the one yard line. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? You know, you're on the less than the one yard line and you got a guy like Ramondre Stevenson who constantly breaks tackles, either run a quarterback sneak or run it with Stevenson, just punch the ball in. And they don't do it. So they, they throw this pass that Jones missed horribly to, you know, Johnu Smith. Yep. Um, then, and then as I wrote, um, Bill called the timeout because he said they didn't have the play right. And then the play is beautifully executed. Jacoby Myers, you know, Runs the fade to the corner. Jones throws this beautiful arcing pass right in his hands. Touchdown. Wipe it out because we call timeout. That's a microcosm of the Patriots offense this year. When they don't have it right, everything works just fine. And that was the stupidest sequence. They wasted two timeouts. (laughs) Doesn't end there, though. Well, no, it's like. At the time, I was thinking this offense couldn't possibly get any worse than this <laughs> as eddie murphy said <laughs> you know and, you know if it's and the thing is is they're not even trying on some of these third downs it's like they get to like third and seven third and eight and they just run a draw they just give up like they, they don't even try to they don't even try to throw it to the sticks and and if i see another receiver on third down run a route that's like that's like a four yard route like i i don't know what we're doing like you know it they run running four-yard routes when third and six or third and seven. Or, or hey, Mac's going to check it down to Ramondre Stevenson on third and 11, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, what are we doing? Like, what? what just It's like little things. It's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I just See, I, I can't. I that's just can't the other thing. I mean, the play designs and the play concepts are awful. They're horrible. Because the timing's off. you, don't, you off. don't throw that little outlet pass to Ramondre behind the line. You throw it about three or four yards forward of the line right. so he doesn't have to worry about the defensive lineman trying to slow him down. Now he's he's got some space, and you have to only beat the linebacker, you know? But right. it's like – it's horrible. It's horrible. And it's just – it's embarrassing to watch. I did a podcast last night with five other people, none of them Patriots people, and they were all like, one of the guys actually played in the NFL and he was like, that was embarrassing. And he's like, you know, I never thought I'd see a Bill Belichick coach team play offense. So terrible. Well, and you know, what's funny. We haven't really talked about the last play. Frankly, the last play was horrific. And, and, but like everyone who's listening to the show has already heard a thousand other people talk about it and we're probably all in agreement. Okay. I don't I'm more embarrassed about everything else with the game than like I the well, last few the last two drives for me for both the Raiders and the Patriots are more embarrassing than the last play because because okay. like just the, we're going to get to it. The way yep. the Patriots played offense and the way we're they played defense it's it's just it's just ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to give you guys another one, Derek. I think the game was lost here, okay? There are so many places where the game was lost. It's the 2-minute warning. It's fourth down, fourth and 10. Steve mm-hmm. and I actually talked about this. Steve's laughing because he knows where I'm going on this. Yep. They have been aggressive the entire game. Then they decide to go into prevent defense. Prevent defense. They're fourth and 10. Okay? That This is where they lost the game as well because they were playing aggressive. They allowed this pass to happen to basically go up the field. Then they were preventing it from winning all the way up the field. So I think it actually is lost on fourth and 10. Yeah. I, um, I was listening to uh, Patriots unfiltered and Evan Lazar had pointed out how, you know, this is a problem around the NFL with defenses in the last two minutes of games this year, more than ever with like offenses are just having their way with defenses. And, uh, I thought the Patriots, you know, would be immune to something that keeps happening to people like this. But they, you know, the, the saying goes is prevent defense. The only thing it prevents you to do is win. Winning. 
What and is- you know, it's like how many times when the Raiders drove 81 yards on the last on the last drive oh. did did Marcus? I mean, Marcus Jones, I thought did a pretty good job uh, against Devontae Adams for the most part, except when they needed it, where he gave him a 12 yard cushion on 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 a 10 yard, and, and then Devontae but would who run is basically a comeback for drive, that. stop the sticks, 10 yards, right. first down. They did back to back times. Right, but like, who's ultimately responsible? Who is telling him to do that? Well, yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Steve Gerard or Bill, but either way, the, either way, they're all you know, <laughs> either way, they're all culprits. I mean, someone has to see that. I mean, we're all seeing it. I mean, it's. it's I mean, Derek Carr had 150 yards passing through 58 minutes. The and defense in a minute and a half until the end. In, <laughs> in a minute and a half, he had 81. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And he looked lost, especially uh, almost the entire second half. They did nothing. And then on fourth and 10, there's the ball game. Yep. Because it's less Game's than two over. minutes, no timeouts, and you drop your your corners 10 to 12 yards off the line. And, of course, when the snap goes, they're still going to backpedal. Sure. Then they're struggling to, to get back. That's unfathomable to do that because all you have to they're not going to chunk it 50 yards on fourth and 10 they're going unless there was like five seconds left right you know with that much time left they're going to try to move the sticks that's all play them tight again and take your chances if the guy beats you and he you know he makes a good play or a really good pass then you live with that but don't hand it to him if i had told you guys before the game that chandler jones and max crosby wouldn't have gotten a sack that Ramondre Stevenson would have 172 yards and a touchdown, that Devontae Adams would have less than 50 yards, that – For 28. You know yep. – well, I'm sorry, what? Four catches, 28, for 28 yards. Yep, for 28 yards. We would all sit – we would all say Patriots win. Like, I wouldn't even easy. need to see the game. Easy. By two touchdowns. Walk. Yeah, yeah, it, easy. If you look at some of the – some of the stats are so misleading in this game, and that's why it's like it came down to critical situations. Yep. I, I, I just can't – the thing that's so jarring to me, guys, is how undisciplined and how situationally poor this team is coached right now, which was their bread and butter for two decades. Bread and butter. I mean, that to me is the, the thing where it's like, and, and I and I still don't really even, let's let's go to the last play of the game because okay. I, I still don't really even understand Bill's logic of Mac not, he doesn't think Mac can get the <laughs> ball there. I'm not, I know, I know Mac doesn't have a hose for an arm like Josh Allen. He threw the ball to 50 yards to Jacoby Myers, like what, like in the third, was that the third or fourth quarter uh, on that 43 yard catch on the three play drive where they had a busted coverage. Like Mac Jones could easily have thrown the ball 55 yards. I mean, not easily, but he could have stepped up into it and thrown it. I don't, I, if, I don't really get that. If you want to just do a draw, then just take a knee. That's who cares. There's less, there's less risk in a, a draw. You've seen running backs fumble. It's very hard to fuck up. Oh, excuse me. Very hard to F up, <laughs> you know, just uh, taking a knee there on the last play. I don't understand where Bill's thought was because even if Matt called a dumb play, Bill is Bill is constantly chiming in on what he thinks he should do. Hey, he used to do it to Josh all the time. Hey, Josh, let's let's go up, let's go hurry up here. Hey, let's let's you know we got to p- keep pounding the rock, keep pounding the rock. Like you, he has influence on the offense always. So I just don't understand. That's why after that's why it is the press conference at the end, I thought the whole wasn't sure he could get it there thing, which Mac Jones pushed well, back on, by the way, the next morning. I thought that was him covering up for a bad decision by Matt and Patricia, and maybe he dropped the ball too. I don't know, but okay. I felt like he passed the buck to Mac Jones there. I mean, if there was still like, you know, a minute and a half or whatever, yeah, go ahead and run the draw play. At 30 right. seconds, if you just take a knee, they can't stop the clock. And you 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 won't even have to punt, and then it's you know you're you're into overtime. So you know it was stupid. It was very stupid. See, the only thing I I will say, and I don't know if you guys saw Ramondre Stevenson after the game. I want to give him full credit for here because he actually took responsibility for this. So did Jacoby. They both did, and, and Mac and, Jones did too. Right. The, how many coaches attack. are taking that accountability, guys? I'm just none. Wondering. Yeah. None. That's why there's so much friction between the players and the coaches. Right. I feel like the players have felt like they have they haven't liked this since the summer. They've told us that all year long. 
They all they have said is, when have you ever heard a player on the Patriots say like Mac Jones, he wants to be coached harder in New England? When has that happened? So, you know, since Bill has arrived, it never happens. And the coaches are not taking any responsibility no. or their or accountability, but the players are standing at their lockers answering the questions. You don't think that pisses you you off as a human being? Of course it does. I well, I, I mean, it's it's a joke. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, well, the one thing I want to say about Ramondre, because, again, I watched this, and he was asked if part of that play was by design, meaning to do the lateral. He said, no, that's actually on him. He actually was trying to make a play. He shouldn't have thrown it to Jacoby, but he was, again, he said, I should have gone down. That's on me. So he took accountability. As you guys have already said, Jacoby took accountability. Mac Jones when have the coaches taken accountability? Because they're the ones that actually made these decisions, the bad coaching, the way that they're coached right now, they look like such an undisciplined team. That's the part that is shocking to me. Like I said, I've never seen a play like this ever. Maybe you guys have seen it from other teams, but this to me was a joke, Steve. This was a joke. I'm watching this. The minute I saw Jacoby throw it back, I couldn't believe what he was doing. But then I thought to myself, this is uh, basically typical of what's been going on. Sorry, Steve. Well, you know, again, talking to people last night who none of them are Patriots people. There was five others. And this one guy who played in the NFL, he said, he said, I, I was watching this, and he said, and Myers threw it like 20 yards behind him toward Mac Jones. Now, he's like, forget the fact that Chandler Jones was in the way. He's like, you know, he didn't see him, whatever. He's like, even if Mac Jones catches the football, he's got 50 yards to go. And he's like, no, uh, no disrespect to Mac. He's like, but he ain't going to beat anyone. He's not going to beat 11 defenders from 50 yards out. And there's nobody behind him to ladder or two. So why even do that? He's the last guy back. You're supposed to ladder it back when you're moving forward and you're the front guy. And he's like, that's just horribly, horribly designed. If He said, if that was a design play, that was horrible. And I said, well, they're claiming that it wasn't the, the players freelance, right. but the coaches have not said a word. So no. And that's the problem here. Listen, and that will lose you the locker room because right. the players are stepping up, taking accountability. And your coaches are saying the only thing that was said, it was a mistake. That's what Bill said. It was a mistake. That's kind of like saying the Titanic had an ice problem. Right, as Steve, I wrote. but how often have we seen this? I'm glad that you're bringing this up. That Bill has gone to the podium and said, this is on the players. This is on the coaching. We need to do a better job. I don't think he said this in that game. Nope. See, that's the part that's driving me crazy because he normally takes and basically owns up to this. I don't think he's owned up to this one. Nope. Because he said, you know, we have to play situational football better. We have to play, you know, uh, I I forget the exact words. Right. Yeah. Right. But he he, usually puts himself in there, too. He didn't do it. But he kept saying we have to play, you know. Right. He didn't say we need to coach these situations better. And, Derek, I think that's the shocking part of all of this. We've been watching – a well-coached team for many, many years. Have there been issues over the years? Listen, we named the podcast Patriots 4th and 2 over a very controversial decision, okay? So there have been coaching decisions that we haven't agreed upon. But have you ever seen a Patriots team that has been this badly coached? I can't remember one under Belichick. Can you? No, I can't. Um, I really can't. And there's a lot of things I can't believe. I haven't even seen them be that poorly coached. We haven't seen what seems like such a clear and obvious divide between the players and the coaches. I mean, uh, you, you know, the, and the production meeting, what in, in Arizona, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what the, what the broadcast team said on um, on Monday Night Football, you know, where the craft, where, where Robert came into the production meeting and talked to, you know, or, or I'm sorry, the uh, booth and saw um, Joe and Troy, sorry, my, my head's 
rattling with too many ideas, but you know, <laughs> and, and then they they start talking about how he's openly frustrated. There was no there was no you know report to refute that when Greg Bedard threw out that this week that you know Bill could be fired. There's usually some kind someone usually has a report that says you know that uh, no there's, there was no counter report. There's some clear and obvious to me smoke to this fire here and I don't know where it's headed but I think the crafts are pissed and I think that they I I like I said I I really do think it's going to come down to a very big meeting um after the season where they're going to sit down and I I think it's going to be get really interesting really fast because I mean if I'm if I'm you know Robert it's been 3 years of poor decisions I spent a quarter of a billion dollars to fix mistakes that were made because this team can't draft or develop players to save their life on a consistent basis the last few years. And now you're seeing your young quarterback regress. You're seeing your offense drop from a top 10 to a bottom ranked offense in the league. And you're literally getting a laughing stock. I mean, that if I'm Robert, I'm looking at this and be like, okay, enough is enough. Like, Bill, I love you, but you can't, you can't, we can't do it like this. Okay. So I'm going to put you now, since you've taken us there, Derek, you are Robert Kraft. What's the ultimatum? I I kind of already said it. My ultimatum is Bill, we, we need to bring in more coaches. It can't be just, you know, you can't be just, you know, you can't just have your friends. We need to beef up this coaching staff, you know, and I would like him to go outside of the, I don't want. Uh, another player who I don't really want like another coach who he has a relationship with because he played there. Like that's why I'm like kind of pushing back on the cliff Kingsbury thing, Steve. It's like, he was here. I don't even want, I don't even want that. I want people with different ideas, new ideas. Besides the Cardinals offense been, has been a joke all year. Like how about I, Chip Kelly? I, I, I would take something like something new, something with different ideas. Like I, I, they need to bring this offense to the modern day. You know, okay. if they're going to blow it up because they had so many layers of Brady and all yep. the influence of 20 years of building. And it's just like, I, I just, they need to bring in new innovative ideas from different people outside of his circle on all phases of the game, but specifically on offense. Okay. Steve, before we go on, Clara has something that she shared here. Have you considered that this is just a one very bad mistake? They end play, I mean. The sky isn't falling, in my opinion. See, I totally disagree, Claire, and I'll explain why. Real oh, quick, I'll be go quick. ahead. I'm just saying that one, one, one big thing would be for you know, okay, you want to talk about putting Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and the and the coaching staff. If you if that's the one big you know bad mistake that you're referencing, I would say okay, but it's not. It, it's a it's a it's an avalanche effect of now you're watching your second year quarterback regress. I mean, his mechanics are all off. And then if you if you ruin Mac Jones because he'll be the quarterback next year, so it's like if you ruin Mac Jones, you just set your mis- you just set your franchise back three years plus however long it takes to get the next guy up to speed. Yep. Like so, it's an avalanche effect. I didn't mean to jump in, but I, no, I keep okay. seeing things like that and I get pissed <laughs> off. Okay. Before I go to Steve, I'll I'll share this comment from. Our friend Chris Goodwin, Robert Kraft to Bill. Change this shit or I will fire you. Sorry, Miguel. Sorry, Miguel, that I swore there, but I, no, I, I wanted to share that. All right, Steve, you're Robert Kraft. I think you kind of already said what you would do is the same thing as what Derek just said. What do you say to Bill? I, I'm telling him he needs to bring in other people or we're going to make a change. I mean, this isn't working. And to Claire's point, Look, um, it isn't just one play. It's a hundred plays all season long. How many times have they, you know, how many times do do we see Mac Jones in each game have to realign guys who are lining up in the wrong place? How many false starts have we seen? Mental mistakes, the the penalties, the the whole nine yards, you know. um, Delay of games, guys. They're still doing delay of games. Yeah. Delay of games because the play isn't coming in fast enough, you know. And and then when he does get the play, they line up with less than 10 seconds to go. The defense shows something else. And when they try to change it, they run out of time. This is ongoing all season long. Teams are calling out plays that they've seen because they're so simple that they've seen it on tape because the, the playbook must be like half a page long. 
you know, um, that, you know, they're snuffing everything out before it even gets started. This is not just one play in one game. This is multiple plays in Sunday's game and all season long. As Derek said, they went from a top 10 offense to one of the worst in a year where they added pretty decent players. They should have been better this year, not tanking. Okay. And it's not because of unintentionally taking <laughs> yeah. just because they suck because they're trying to. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not trying. Guys, Claire, I, I saw your sh- comment. I'll talk. I'll do. Yeah, I want to share these comments from Claire. She says that we're taking her <laughs> no. out of context. So I'm sorry if we have done that. And, Claire. and to, to Claire's point earlier, I disagree with her being the offensive coordinator. I said she should be the assistant tight end coach. <laughs> oh yeah, well that that goes without saying. That goes without saying. I, I would do that. She should be, be working for the Patriots, and uh, you know it's funny because they're not getting enough out of the tight end. So I wouldn't be against uh, including Claire in in that room. I would certainly she couldn't do any worse than what's being done right now. Taking advantage of two tight ends in their prime, and they are not living up to their expectations. Who does that fall on? Coaching. The, Coaching. And, so, and, so and Claire, Jerry, I'm Jerry. actually backing you to be the assistant tight ends coach. I'm just going to say like Johnny okay. Smith, like to me is just like a missed evaluation. I mean, oh. uh, a missed evaluation from the GM. Like, like is it, just, or is it bad coaching? I think I, I mean, I just, he, it hasn't looked right here since the, like the entire time. Like to me, you could argue that for Hunter Henry, right? Russ, like for, yeah. we saw Hunter, like last year, we didn't see Johnny Smith really for, you know, produce much. He was underproductive. Right. Right, but right. we saw Hunter Henry produce this year. We're not seeing it produce. I would argue that's coaching. I would argue Johnny Smith it hasn't looked right since the moment he walked in the door because he tripped over himself when he walked in. I've never seen a guy so athletic and so jacked with the frame he has. Looks like he's like every time the football is thrown to him, it looks like someone's throwing him some C4. It's like, and then it's like he's got like ankle weights on. I don't know what's happening with him. He's, he's, he's either uncoordinated or he's uncomfortable or I don't know, but he hasn't been a good fit for the moment. So I put that one on Bill. Okay. Well, I've changed my mind with Claire because she would bring in Ryan Izzo. So I'm sorry, Claire. I wouldn't have you. That's why we wouldn't Titans make her the GM. No, <laughs> you're getting fired. You're getting fired before Bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, interesting stuff. It's funny, guys. We do have to talk about a game coming up, and it's against the Bengals, who are a very good team. So coming up next, we're going to preview the Patriots game Saturday against the Bengals. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Is there any chance for the rest of the season? Can they make the playoffs? I don't think so, but you still want them to win. There's still a chance. I don't believe in this past stuff, but there still is a chance as long as they are alive. So, Steve, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on the Bengals going into this game? The Bengals are starting to fire on all cylinders. You saw what happened in Tampa on Sunday. Um, you know, the offense is playing better. The defense is playing better. Um, they're going to be an extremely tough matchup. Okay. Derek, your opening thoughts on the Bengals. Um, the Bengals are going to do something this weekend that they haven't done in 36 years since before I was alive, which is win a game in Foxborough. Uh, they have not won, and uh, they're zero and seven in their last and their, <laughs> their last few wow. trips. They haven't won since nineteen eighty six, and that's wow. hat tip to uh, Henry McKenna. By the way, I saw that earlier. I think I was at uh, that game. By the way, <laughs> probably. No, worked. I'm serious. I think I was <laughs> at that game. <laughs> that's well, you you were there. You were there. That's the last time they did. And uh, and now I'll be. And what now I'll be at this. And now I'll be at nineteen eighty six. I think I was at that game. And now, now I'll be at this one. So we'll, you know, it's, you know, changing hands. <laughs> That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys this. I mean, I, I think what Steve said is is 100 accurate. Uh, he, 
the the Bengals are rounding into form. They've really it took them a couple it took them a couple games earlier on in the season to kind of get things going. But you know, Joe Burrow is you know obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the league, um, and that defense is very active. Um, and you know, they're it's going to be a it's going to be a tough challenge for the Patriots. Now, I'm not saying there's no shot they're going to win, but I just have no faith in them not you know executing in the big moments right now against a team that you know was just in the Super Bowl you know last year. Okay. Well, that's going to go to our matchups. Mr. Balstray, I'll go to you first. Which team has the advantage? The Patriots are on offense and the Bengals are on defense in the running game. What do you got the advantage to? Bengals. Bengals. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to expand on that? <laughs> I'll be happy to expand on that. The Patriots offensive line um, has had problems all, all season long. Um, last week, they weren't bad. No. Um, I thought they did a fair job in the running game. I gave them good marks for that. Uh, pass protection, they were okay. I mean, yeah, they didn't give up any sacks, but Mac was getting the ball out in 2.3 seconds. So um, you have to take that into consideration. I think this Bengals team is just going to pin their ears back and come charging all game long um, okay. because – I don't think they fear the passing game of New England. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Okay, if I was very... coaching, uh, you know, Foxborough High School, I, I might not. So, as Bill <laughs> is fond of saying. But anyway, I just think they're they're going to take the Patriots out of that running game okay. because they're going to dare them to throw it. I think you're going to see seven and eight-man boxes. Oh, okay. And well, we know what happens then. We do, and that leads me to go to Derek. Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Bengals are on defense? In the passing game, I don't even think I need to ask, but I'm going to ask who has the advantage. No, the Bengals. The Bengals have the advantage. They're you know the third best uh, defense against the pass in the NFL uh, right now. They are uh, at to Steve's point. They do pin their ears back. I know he was talking specifically for this matchup, but they have pinned their ears back and go. They have some really good players up front. Um, you know, a couple of good ends, uh, good real good linebackers, some very active secondary. I think they're well coached uh, back on that on that end too. Um, they're not perfect, you know, all the way around, but against the pass, uh, they're one of the better defenses in the league. Okay. All right. Steve, back to you. When the Patriots are on defense and the Bengals are on offense, who has the advantage in the running game? Cincinnati. Okay. I think that uh, they've been running the ball. They have a really good back. And, you know, with the Patriots facing these – Receivers that Joe Burrow has, they they have to play a lot of light packages, and I think that's going to play right into the hands of. I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, safeties on the field trying to cover all these guys. So, yep, I think that plays into uh, the Bengals running the football effectively. Okay, all right, Derek, over to you. Patriots are on defense. The Bengals are on offense. In the uh, passing game, who do you give the advantage to? Uh, Cincinnati. I just, there. I just don't have a. I'm going to be honest. I just don't have a lot of faith in almost anything the Patriots are doing right now. Like I, 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 I have. I mean, I thought I thought there were times throughout the year that they had some that each unit kind of had some individual plays, but I just can't put enough stock to really pick them in any one area against a team that was just in the Super Bowl last year and and one of the one of the hottest teams in the league right now. So I. Yeah, I, I'm taking Cincinnati. Okay. All right. Well, let's do it, guys. Let's do our three keys to victory. Probably need about 10 of them, Steve, but give me three <laughs> keys to victory and your prediction. Okay. Number one is the Patriots have to run the football if they're going to win this game. They have to run the football. They have to keep Joe Burrow as much as they can on the sidelines under his big coat. I think that's imperative for them. They – they can't get behind in this game and be forced to try to chuck it to either get back in the game or keep pace. Um, Number two is they're going to need their, um, uh, their pass rushes in this game to be tremendous. I think they have to pressure and sack borrow consistently through four quarters. If they're going to have any chance at all 
of slowing down this team enough where they can score 13 points and win because that's probably all they're going to get. And the third one is don't play like a bunch of knuckleheads because this team, I mean, when Scott Zolak says on the air that this is the dumbest football team I've ever seen, that's saying something. And he's tight with Bill too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and he's played on some teams that were pretty bad himself. So, yeah. So that tells you, don't be knuckleheads. Don't be stupid. My prediction, 38-10. I don't have to tell you who. Okay. All right. And you know, Claire, they're not going to win. Okay. (laughs) Claire thinks they're going to win. So, you know, listen, that's Claire being Claire. I want to give her credit for sticking by the paths. Derek, over to you. Your three keys and and your uh, also your prediction. Um, my first key is pretty much just, just, you know, I guess just kind of what Steve said. It's like, just don't make stupid mistakes. Like just, you know, obviously some things are going to happen, but you can't put yourself behind the eight ball because they're just not good enough to overcome anything. I mean, how many times have we seen, uh, you know, a run for three or four yards and then, and then all of a sudden they have a false start and then it's like, and then it's over. (laughs) It's like the drive is over. Uh, it's, it's like, Almost every drive we've seen, it's like there's so many little mistakes, you know, delay games because either the call's late or Max late or to set or whatever it is. It's just horrendous. Uh, so just don't put yourself behind the eight ball with, you know, little mistakes. I think second big key for me is I think they got to try to get the lead early. If they can get a lead early, obviously Burrow has the firepower to come back and score. To Steve's point earlier, we saw that with Tampa just last week. But at least if the Patriots are, have the lead, they can control the game a little bit more with the ball. And to me, that leads me to my third key is this has to be a big ground and pound game. You have to keep Joe Burrow on the sidelines. If he's on the field, you got to play the same way that teams wanted to play the Patriots and Peyton Manning for, for so long. You've got to keep those guys on the sideline with their coats on. Um, I'm going with the Patriots a little closer than Steve. I'm going 34, 17. You mean the Bengals or are you going with the Patriots? No, the Bengals 34, 17. Okay. I just wanted to, I, I will say this. It will I've seen this team enough for the Jekyll and Hyde moments. I could see the Patriots winning this game. I don't see them winning the next two, but the only way they do that is the same way they've done it every year. And it's if they score defensive or special teams touchdowns. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I'm going to share some comments first from our friend, Chris, the Patriots win on said he can thank sky sports who are showing the game live to us fans in the UK. Okay. Of course, Claire did predict a victory. Pats are going to win and followed up by Chris's three keys. I think you guys will like the three keys to mission impossible victory. Well, Mac to throw the ball aggressive on defense and gag Matt Patricia from play calling get Claire over here. to Fox to call the place. No, I like a terrible that. idea. We're going to be doing like a fullback dive with John U Smith up the middle. And then she's just going to throw it to Hunter Henry 31 times. Well, and- this is Claire. He can get Hunter the ball. Baby. I mean, okay. I, you know, I, I, I'll just say, you know, I, yeah, I mean, yes. at this point, I'll take anybody to call it over, Matt. So. Oh, look what Steve's wearing. Yeah. Claire, Claire gives her Christmas miracle. 21 to 20. There we go. Okay. They only lose by 28. Your beard okay. matching your hat. <laughs> so I'm going to give my Don't prediction. Remind me. I'm not going to predict a Patriots victory. I'm going to predict a Bengals victory. First time since 1986 when I watched them play with uh, Boomer, Boomer Assisen. So I'm going to go with the Bengals 31 to 17. I think the Patriots will score, but I think the Bengals have too much, so I'm going 31 to 17. Okay, guys, great show. Uh, and again, I just want to say to Derek and Steve, I did catch you off guard, so thank you for doing such a great show on the fly. Derek, final thoughts before we go. My final thoughts are: it come. We didn't talk about the play at all because I think no, we, we really didn't. No, I didn't mean the last play. I meant the Keenan Cole touchdown. Oh. I thought Paul Perillo post game. Uh, post game had a really really good point and no, kind of ranted try. about it and and basically what he was saying is you know it's unfortunate that if if that game doesn't get flexed and that's the Sunday night game that you know NBC has that 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 has the camera that rotates and you can kind of do the NBC it you know thing and he's like you probably have a better idea of if he's in or out. And he was like, it's pretty unfortunate that the a league that creates multi-billion dollars in revenue doesn't have the same camera angles for every single game and doesn't yeah. have enough camera angles to see clear and definitive things, especially around the most important area, which is the end zones. And I thought that was a good point, and I want to reiterate it because I stand by it 100%. Okay. 
Have Steve? a bake sale, as Bill said. Yep, bake sale. Okay. Steve, Steve final thoughts before we take off here. Well, I just want to admit, wish you two guys Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Yep. Happy New Year. We all hope it's safe, happy, Healthy. and you know everyone's going to get along a little better. I mean, our country is coming apart at the seams. It seems <laughs> at times. So, uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, I just wanted to tell both of you that it's always fun. It's always enjoyable. We've been doing it for eleven yeah. plus years, and Let's hope for 11 more. Okay. I'm yes, there with you, Steve. And thank you for sharing. My final thoughts will be that I actually will not be here for the game. Derek will, will be here. I'm going to be in New York. So it should be interesting to see if I could even watch the game. It's not on local TV. So I don't know if I'll actually even be able to watch the game. Probably a good idea. That. Probably a good idea. <laughs> if you, Russ, seriously, I can help you out with that. Just talk to me offline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Derek. I have, I have a way. I have a way I can get you. Out. Okay, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Well, we could talk about that offline. I know my son would be very happy if you could figure out a way. So I will uh, talk to you off air. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2. I'm glad that Steve already said, said this. I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll, we'll be back before that and also a Happy Hanukkah. But that's going to wrap up this episode. For Steve Balsteri and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.